Welcome to Panther Paris, the podcast where we're supposed to talk Panthers hockey, but sometimes we don't. Here are your hosts, Alex Lopez, Jake Langsam, and TJ Peterson. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the first ever episode of Panther Paris, a Florida Hockey Now podcast. I'm your host, Jacob Langsam. Here with me, as always, are my co-hosts, Alex Lopez and TJ Peterson. And joining us today... Our new boss, George Richards, as well as <laughs> Florida Hockey Now site writer, Colby Guy. Gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us today. Our new co-worker. Yeah. <laughs> that too. I'm, yeah. I'm, not, I'm nobody's boss. What are you talking about? How you guys doing? What's happening? Hi, Colby. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the show, Bubba. How's it going? <laughs> uh, yes, we uh, we here at Panther Pre have officially joined up with George and Colby over at Florida Hockey Now. Uh, we are very excited about this move and what it means for all of us moving forward. So I, I guess all that's really left to say about that is, George, thank you for uh, for the opportunity here. And uh, enough with the sap. Let's get talking about hockey because nothing notable has been happening in the last couple of days. Trade deadlines come no. up on Friday. And as is custom with the NHL, it's very quiet, right, guys? There's nothing uh, nothing super interesting. Well, well, for the Panthers, it certainly is very quiet. They haven't made a move. They haven't made a move this season except for the Giovanni Smith trade, I believe. Wait. Am I forgetting something? TJ, TJ, well, break, breaking news. Jacob Chikrit is an Ottawa senator. That broke like an hour ago. Yeah, what are you talking about? Guys, and take all the moves that would happen in the last like twenty four hours. Oh, that was not clear. <laughs> Jacob, uh, I am, I am obviously being very breaking news. The, the Vancouver Canucks have traded Pavel Bure to the Florida Panthers. What That's year big. is it? That's big. That is big. Allegedly, nineteen ninety eight. I guess I wasn't Kobe alive. Yeah, here we go. Knew that was coming. <laughs> Knew that was coming. Well, no, I think that trade tra- was 2000, right, George? 90, uh, 99. And I, I remember exactly difference. where I was when that trade got announced. It was I uh, do not. January 16th, something like that. Because yeah. I wasn't paying any attention. I lived in New York and also wasn't paying any attention. And I lived in, in Villanova, Pennsylvania. Shout out to the Wildcats. Of Northwest. Yeah. Ten- no, ten- shout out to those. Shout out to those. Ten-year-old me found out that Ed Jovanovski had been traded, and I cried because Ed Jovanovski was my second favorite player after Van Viesbrook. And then ten-year-old me found out who we were getting back, and ten-year-old me stopped crying and was like, "Oh my God, Pavel Bure is a Florida Panther." Yeah, yeah. pretty, pretty, pretty big day for the Florida Panthers when uh, Pavel Bury joined the team. Pretty neat. It was fun. Mm-hmm. And then Alan so, went broke. <laughs> I so, still can't say right. anything. <laughs> so. I'm curious as to what you guys think the move that was made, because obviously none of the moves directly involved the Florida Panthers. So what move that was made do you think most directly affects the Florida Panthers? Well, I I guess I'll step in here and then I get Colby. You can jump in. I I, I think that some of the moves that uh, Ottawa has made uh, just because they've strengthened themselves moving forward, they didn't go after rentals. Um, you know, Ottawa is obviously looking down the road, you know, uh, they're, you know, they've, they've pulled themselves up from a very disappointing start into, um, you know, a, a playoff contender. I believe they're two points back of the Panthers. And so that puts them what five points out of Pittsburgh. Um, 
you know, so Ottawa's made some real, you know, some 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 good moves that that, that can help them now and help them down the road. Um, I think short term, I've always I've liked what what Toronto has done, uh, the Ryan O'Reilly move and getting Noel Achari. I think a lot of people in in Toronto thought that they overpaid, but I, I didn't think that, that that was a that was a high price at all. No, um, especially yeah, I, I think you gave up what was a one, two, three, and a four and two prospects that were never, who were never going to play for the, for the Maple Leafs anyway. Um, so you gave up a one and a two for Ryan O'Reilly. He becomes your third center. And then we've seen him have success already. And then you gave up a three and a four for Nola Chari, who all of a sudden becomes, you know, a, a penalty killer and, and all the things that Nola Chari does. So, um, that's just my take on things. I mean, I didn't know there's been there's been 50 trades already, but you know, those are the ones that kind of stand out right now. Yeah, it's been a wild like 48 hours. I mean, the NHL's just decided out of nowhere to become the NBA trade deadline where teams are just remaking their entire roster overnight. I mean, Jonathan Quick just got traded with like zero ceremonies. Oh, you're gone. We don't need you anymore. Thanks, thanks for all the memories. Thanks for the two cups. I think he's got a Vesna trophy. Like, have fun in Columbus, which he absolutely did not want to go to. Yeah, who could possibly he, have fun in Columbus? He probably will not. Come on. Come on. <laughs> I was wondering to what extent you would take that bait, George. Uh, I don't think he'll ever play a game for Columbus, dude. I mean, that's kind of the, the gist of it right now, right? I mean, yeah, I think they're there, already there, talking to, are... sending him to Vegas. Right, uh, Columbus is going to f- quickly flip him. I mean, if uh, they just a, got for... if they just got Bluger, I don't know if they're working out the cap space to get quick. Well, we'll see about that. I'm sorry. Yeah, I mean that right. is that is, that's a, yeah that's obviously a, yeah that's obviously a problem. Um, but I think the Panthers have another game against Columbus, and Quick is always pretty good against Florida, so they'll probably see him again. Mm-hmm. You know, if he does play for Columbus, they'll probably see him that night. Mm-hmm. No Vesna's, by the way, for Quick. Yeah, I was just about to say that one. Jonathan Quick does not have a Vesna. He finished second in Vesna voting in 11-12, uh, which is a year that he won the Stanley Cup. Uh, and third in 15-16, those are the only times he's even been a finalist. I mean, he's still, yeah. in my opinion, a Hall of Famer. I mean, oh, just yeah. the, from the playoff runs alone, he's solidified himself as one of the best goaltenders of the 2010s. Yeah. And And if you want to see me bait Alex, uh, I can very easily say that uh, Jonathan Quick is probably the best American. You shut your damn mouth. (laughs) You shut your damn mouth. I just want you to know that as I started saying that, I was typing John Van Beesbrook's name into Google to make sure that he was born in America before I finished the sentence. Detroit, Michigan, if I got it right. That is exactly correct. Do you know his birthday? Neither of them. (laughs) <laughs> Neither of them are the best American goalie of all time. Best American goalie is actually Spencer playing Knight. right now. That's right, Spencer Knight. No, Connor Hellbuck, best American goalie of all time. I'm willing to say that right now. But uh, we're going off track. Mike Richter might have Shocking. a thing to say about that. Shocking us off track. Never <laughs> happened before. Also, John nah. Gibson. I know he sucks now, but... No, Connor Hellbuck has a Vesna. Prime, Prime John Gibson... Was, 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 are we, maybe are we trying better. to say that John Gibson is better at any point of his career than uh, Ryan Miller was? Yes. Mm. Yes. Yes, I am. At one point in his career, he was, but it was very short-lived. But he should have won the Vezina that year also, to be fair. But he's 
The longevity has just not been there. Hell, they win another Vezina this year. John Gibson had a 926 in 60 games in 1718 and didn't even get any Vezina votes. Yeah. Okay. That's insane. Back to the deadline before this becomes a three-hour podcast. (laughs) Um, Holy talk here at the FHN. uh, Florida Hockey Now podcast presented by sponsors. Damn it, where are David Dorkin and Margle? We're we're talking about all these goalies, and we haven't even talked about the guy that showed up to Panthers practice today. (laughs) Yeah, I saw that. Luongo. Yeah, tell us a little bit about that, Colby. You were there. Yeah, so... I uh, just saw this uh, young, spry-looking goaltender come out. I, I I didn't know who he was. I I had to ask around, but apparently it was this guy named uh, Roberto Luongo, and he 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 was pretty good when he played. But I mean, in all seriousness, the guy looked like he could still play. He the shots are still kind of sticking to him. His rebound control is still there. Radko Gouda scored a goal on him for the first time in his career. That was a good little moment, and. Uh, Paul Maurice joked about making it into an NFT, which was something that I never <laughs> thought I would ever hear an NHL coach make a joke about. Especially Paul Maurice, frankly. Yes, especially Paul Maurice. But it was, a, it was a fun day. And I mean, I feel like a day like that is a day that a team needs when they're in a situation where every game is a pressure-filled, must-win game. So, I mean, I feel like today was just one of those practices they needed to kind of get themselves going again and be loose for that Nashville game. But, I mean, it it was a fun little uh, time having Luongo there, and everyone had a good time. Was there a goalie missing today, or Luongo just felt like skating? Because I know Luongo had not. I think Bob took the practice off. Yeah, Bob took the day off. He was just getting the day, he was just getting a little bit of rest because he's uh, the Panthers well, he have been riding Bobrovsky obviously for the last little bit here, so he's getting days off here and there. And I mean, they it was just a good way to get a body in net while giving Bob the day off and have everyone have a little bit of fun. But yeah, it was a it was a quick one today. It was only like maybe a 20, 30 minute practice before we went down to the room. When usually we're up there for like forty-five minutes, so yeah, uh, that, today it, today was just a skate. Today was just they 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 beat Tampa Bay last night. Let's just get out there, skate around, and yeah, I mean, good, good we watched to go. that. We watched that third period. It was a uh, it was pretty exhausting for the Panthers. They couldn't get out of their own way in terms of yeah. you know taking bad penalties or you know what seemed to be the overlapping issue in everything bad that happened in the last 10 minutes, especially they just could not get the puck out of the zone at all. And, you know, there's something to be said for, well, dumping it out isn't always the best solution, but like they couldn't even get that done. Like maybe they deflected a a pass here or there. There weren't a ton of high, high danger scoring chances for, for Tampa that whole time. But I mean, Anytime that amount of talent has the puck in your end for that amount of time, you got to be shitting yourself. So that was something that didn't exactly go well for them last night. Uh, no, and, and and that and that has been a problem. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, that's been a, that's been a concern about this Panther team all year, hasn't it? That those third periods and um, obviously taking all the penalties that they did in the third 
you know, a couple of the Brandon Montour uh, delay of game was, you know, one of those, eh, what, you know, what are you going to do there? That was just a, a you know, anyway, um, but it is a concern. I think the, the penalties are concerned. The way this team plays in the third periods is a concern. It's, it's haunted them all year. Um, and last night they had a lot of, a lot of great blocked shots. I mean, uh, you had Radko Gudis, you had Sergei Bobrovsky making some saves and, uh, you know, they ended up getting a nice win out of it. But, uh, yeah, definitely some concern there. Um, There's yeah, a reason. I, I just want to point out that uh, to, to TJ and George's points there, uh, the Lightning going into the third period last night uh, looks like had 11 shots, according yeah. to Natural Stat Trick. Four in the first, seven in the second. Uh, and then put up 18 in the third. So... Yeah, very, very busy period. Uh, and, I mean, Bob stood tall. I mean, last night had to be one of his best uh, one of his best games overall, but especially the third period, one of his best periods of the season. Yeah, and it doesn't help you had two goals wiped away from one a goalie yeah. interference, one an offside. I mean, the Panthers had a goal taken off the board, too. Um, Kachuk's had a few of those this year. I mean, yeah, we had the controversial one in L.A., but, like, I feel like he's had, like, four or five goalie interference calls this year which that's just something that's going to happen when you also lead the NHL in goals in the, in the crease area. So like pro and con, but it's just one of those things that I've noticed this year that Kachuk is always right there on the borderline of, is it goalie interference? Kachuk did also lead the Panthers in individual shot attempts for and individual scoring chances for. I just thought that particular goaltender interference one was funny. He's like, maybe if he didn't put his stick where he put it, that probably could have like went. But he had his stick like right above um, Vasilevsky's glove there, and like that pretty obviously held his glove down. Well, it's funny because the puck actually went below his glove, not above it. So I think you can make the argument pucks going in either way, but that's not the rule. Like. He impacted Vasilevsky's arm and prevented him from, you know, making a natural motion towards the puck. And again, it's just one of those, like I said earlier, Kachuk plays right on the edge of what's goalie interference. And there's a reason he's leading the NHL in goals in the paint. So, um, geez, we use basketball terms, goals inside the crease. Like that's, you know, <laughs> you take it and leave it. Last year, you had Huberto. How many goals did he, he lose because of it? He was just a hair offside, but then again, how many goals did he create because he was a hair onside and got in on a on a two on zero or a two on one or whatever? So you take the good with the bad when you've got players who are elite at a certain skill level, and uh, and it just is what it is. Uh, it's the fact. It's the facts of life. The good, the bad. <laughs> there you have. You take the good. You take the bad. Another Colby show that no was on before what? Colby was alive. <laughs> Colby <laughs> has no idea what we're talking about. The facts of life, he thinks it's you know it's a book that he that he read in sex ed. <laughs> uh, how was that class today, Colby? <laughs> Very nice. Um, real quick, fellas, if you don't mind, I forgot to raise my hand, and I know we've got a lot of people on this this podcast, which is brought to you by your good friends at the infield. On Oakland Park Boulevard, not far from the from the arena, have some have some uh, have some infield chicken wings next time you're uh, leaving the Panther game. Um, I wanted to ask you guys: uh, we are taping this on Wednesday. 
the the NHL trade deadline is Friday. Um, that's you know the talk of uh, the talk of the town. What do you think the Panthers are going to do? I mean, they obviously have no no salary cap space. Um, they really don't have any roster space. I mean, I guess you could make a couple moves here or there. Yeah. Um, and if they do anything, I assume they're going to make moves tomorrow. Um, if they were going to put like a Colin White on waivers, it would be done tomorrow. Um, so that way he clears by two o'clock, you know, just before the deadline on Friday. If something like that doesn't happen tomorrow, then do the are the Panthers doing anything in your in your in your right in your thoughts? Yeah, I mean it it has to kind of be roster player for roster player if the Panthers want a roster player back. Uh right. they they don't really have the assets or the cap space uh to make a move that doesn't that doesn't involve roster players. We saw uh I think it was Adrian Dater who uh who teased that the Avs were kicking tires on Sam Bennett. Yeah, that you can take or leave that. Uh I yeah, I I didn't think that there was much to that. Uh, other than that TJ, Alex, and I have mentioned that as a possibility. TJ especially is big on uh, Bennett for Gerard. has kind of been banging that drum for a while. Uh, but, yeah, it, if the Panthers want to add a roster player, it's going to have to be a roster player swap uh, unless Zito pulls off a couple of savvy moves uh, to clear some roster and cap space first. Uh, otherwise, the only other thing they really can do, and I hate to say this, but the only other thing really is sell. Yeah. But I, I I don't think they they want to do that, and it sure seems like they're trying not to. And, and this may be an audio medium, but TJ is visibly upset. He has been banging the drum to trade Radko Gudis and anything. I'm upset that's not... because my parents know I'm recording this, and they decided to print something instead. <laughs> that was very auspicious timing, then. Yeah, very auspicious timing because I thought for sure you were doing the trade Radko Gudis thing again. Um, but yeah, that's really the only option. I mean, anyone that the Panthers had been conceivably linked to over the past couple of years, a Jacob Chikrin, a Shane Gostas beer, they've all just been traded. It's been crazy. So what else is there for the Panthers to do? I mean, George, you're, I, mean, I know you posed the question, but you're the probably one closest to the answer is like, is anything in the works of like something big or do you or is it That's just going smile. to be a minor, uh, minor, I, if anything, uh, deadline? I, I, I've i been banging the drum for Nick Bugstad. I think he's affordable. Yes. He's available. <laughs> um, you know, bring Bugie back and then have uh, him and E2 uh, battle it out for number 27. Um, <laughs> I, I I listen, I, I don't think they're going to do anything. And, and listen, we talked, remember, we, we talked about this not too long ago. Uh, let's go back to the 2019 20 season when the Panthers came out of the All Star break and were just absolutely horrible. And we were talking about who are the Panthers going to trade. And one of the names, the, the biggest name, the obvious name was Mike Hoffman. And he came out and he was the only one that really seemed to like want to be with the Panthers. He was doing all kinds of things you never really saw him do before. That was Radko Gudis last night. Now, while Radko Gudis blocked shots and hits people and all that, Radko Gudis played like a man who does not want to be traded by the Florida Panthers tomorrow um, or, or by Friday. I, I thought I just thought that, that, that Gudis was out there, um, you know, Given everything he had and showing the Panthers, uh, hey, I want to stay here. Keep or or maybe he was showing off for 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 his new suitor. I, I don't know, but uh, I, I don't see Red Redco Gudis uh, going. 
Yes, sir. Yeah. So not to repeat myself too much, but, you know, I personally would be in favor of this team that is currently in 12th place in the Eastern Conference in points percentage, uh, trading away a uh, player that is a pending UFA that will be 33 this offseason. That is my personal opinion. Yeah. Yeah. And I just want to make it clear that I don't think it's objectively the wrong thing to do to not, you know, trade away that, that player. However, I think that it really should be posed as to why there wouldn't be an ultimatum to, you know, as they say, shit or get off the pot. Like, if there, we, as we all know, Radko Gudis is a pending UFA. He does not have an mm-hmm. extension in place with the Florida Panthers. And right. we're talking about, well, maybe they shouldn't trade him away because they should keep him around, not just for the rest of this season, but for future seasons. There's no contract in place to do that now. And they are eligible to sign that deal right now. Right. So I don't understand why there wouldn't be a lot of scrutiny upon this idea that he's going to stick around, considering they could square that away now. They could square that away today. And it hasn't been done. And according yeah, to I- Elliot Friedman, he hasn't heard anything to suggest that it's close. So, like, if if they're going to keep him around why not have that security that you have a deal in place to keep him around? Cause we don't know that. No, I, I, I agree with that. I, I do think I, I would think that if the Panthers, like, listen, if Bill Zito uh, is of the mind to keep Red Kogutis either on a one year or a two year extension, I'm sure those conversations have been had or, and if he doesn't, then that tells you that's your answer right there. So um, yeah, if, if, if Redco Gudis is not in your future, and again, he's 33 years old. I was a little surprised in 2020 when they signed him to three years. Yeah. Um, I thought, I thought it was, you know, I thought it was one year too long. Turns out he's, you know, he's, you know, he's, he's been better than I thought he would be. I, I'll be the first to admit, I, th- I think Redco Gudis has been much better than I thought he was going to be when he signed here in 2020, because his last, his one year in Washington was not good at all. Anywho, um, Yeah. To your point, if you're not if you're not keeping him, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, but, but but how do you replace him? If you're still saying that we're going for it with this group, we're going to try and make the playoffs because anything can happen, especially with this group. Um, how do you how do you sell that in the room that you just sold Red Gudis? Yeah, for you know a fourth, a third round pick, a second round pick. Yeah. Uh, how do you how do you do that? Because where do you how do you replace him? And then also, as far as replacing him goes, he's a guy that you can't really replace in that room because of the command he has in that room. Is he? He's a, a locker room leader in that room that a lot of guys in that back end look up to. So and I if mean, it helps by right. If you're looking to 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 compete, I don't think that's a move you make. Right. I mean, I, I think it. I, I think if you trade Red Kogutis for a draft pick. You're, you're sellers at that point. Then you might as well start selling it, whatever else you got. Well, I, I think that they should just sell anything anything that expires at the end of the season. As far as guys that have the one additional year of term, there's nobody really that fits the like age profile of Gudis that would be in that category, except for maybe a Bobrovsky, but we all know why he will not be traded because nobody will trade for him and he will not agree to it. But, you know, a guy like Sam Reinhart, 
if they intend on being competitive next year, which we have no reason to believe they don't, he's going to be good next year. Yeah. He's under contract. It's a, it's a, it's a fair value. It's probably better than a fair value. I, and they, they're going to have cap space to fix a lot of their issues in a full off season. So, you know, the, I don't really think it's necessary for them to do something like that, but you know, we're all seeing in front of our eyes that the current mix isn't working. Like they're in 12th place in the East on points percentage. So I wouldn't really be opposed to them saying we need to change things around. Now, if they say we need to change things around, so here's Reinhardt for spare parts, wouldn't be very happy about it. But, you know, like they do have to consider changing things because the definition of insanity is doing the same thing and expecting different results. And they've done the same thing. What is it like 50, 60 times this year? 62. <laughs> and we're seeing the results. And, you know, this is also an Eastern conference that is a absolute gauntlet and they're going to be facing the toughest teams throughout. They're going to face the Bruins in the first round. If they get in, then the winner of Tampa Bay and Toronto, who both have traded away first-round picks, in Toronto's case, multiple first-round picks, to strengthen at this deadline. And then the winner of the Metropolitan Division, if they even get that far, which they're not going to. Um, so I don't understand the idea of, you know, anything can happen when, you know, statistically the odds are against them even getting into the playoffs. What I'll say to that, TJ, is first of all, they do have a shot at wild card one. They're not just scraping for wild card two. Currently, wild card one is yeah. occupied by the New York Islanders, uh, who have seventy points to Florida's sixty-six. I, I've been going have, by points percentage the whole time, so let's that's be fair. consistent and say I don't want to do that because it's way less fun. It's way less uh, optimistic. I'll say <laughs> to the to the more important point. Uh, Gudis really is the Panthers' only real rental asset for another team the only other player who's even who even kind of moves moves the needle isn't quite the right phrase and you'll understand why when i say the name but it's white uh colin white's the only other player who's uh not a pending ufa he's a pending rfa but with arbitration rights uh if if a player if a team wants to try to take a swing on him then that's really the only other uh only other super tradable asset there you don't think Eric Stahl would get more right right this minute than Radko Gudis? Hundred percent. No, no, not more than Radko um, Gudis. No, more definitely than not more White, than Gudis. Yes. But... You know what? That's a, that's interesting. I didn't really think about Eric Stahl because in my head he's still thirty eight. Um, and well, I know, he is thirty eight, but that doesn't mean yeah, he's not good. It's, it's tw- he's been on an absolute hair in twenty twenty three. You're buying him for twenty games in the playoffs, like. Yeah, There's for nothing. absolutely. For nothing. A that's a that's a good point. There's absolutely a market. for All right, so you trade. So this so this is what the Panthers do then, George. You send Eric Stahl to a competitor and use whatever you got back to bring Nick Bugstad back to Florida. <laughs> Jake just Listen, wants to make the trade like his favorite. I guys. miss Nick Bugstad so much. I mean, rotisserie sales are down in South Florida. We need Nick Bugstead back. They really are. Publix doesn't even really sell them anymore because Nick's well, left Costco. town. I mean, well, there's right. Costco's still got them. Um, listen, I, 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 it's just 
I don't think they want to throw in the towel just yet. I, right. I think, and, and this is, you know, for all the, the, the people want to talk about Paul Maurice and, and this is, this is, this is being talked about within the Panther front office. He hasn't had the whole, the full lineup um, all season. It was a team that came in shorthanded from day one with only 20 players, three games in they're playing one man down. Um, and, and I think that, that, that it may be an excuse. Um, some people may look at it as an excuse, um, but that's a selling point, you know, for Palmer. He's saying, hey, guys, you know, we didn't have – we missed Burkoff for X amount of games. Ekblad, da, 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 all these players that they've been missing. Um, maybe they say, hey, Thursday, everybody, we're going to be healthy Thursday or Saturday. Let's see what this team can do at 100% to Claire, you know, with, with Duke in there. Right? I just don't see them selling. Yeah, unless they I, get I, beat I – unless they get beat 6-1 tomorrow by Nashville and then maybe you see Stahl gone you know, to, to give him a chance. I think you, for what you can potentially get for Radko Gudis and, or Eric Stahl, it's not going to be worth the message you send to the locker room. And Oh to yeah. Give it up. And yeah. to a tenuous fan base. Yes. I understand where TJ is coming from in a vacuum where it's like, Hey, if you don't have a shot to win it all, you need to get whatever you can to build more assets for next year. But is a fourth, you know, assuming the return on Radko Gudis is a third or a fourth round pick, are you going to be able to monetize that asset? Into Absolutely some, not. Right. No. Th- that's not what the return is going to be. Like, I flat out cannot accept that. Yeah, what He's is, getting what at did, least a second round pick. What did Luke Shen just, ca- just fetch? A third. Yeah, a third. This year, by the way. Yeah. Future draft equity has less value. So that's the most valuable third round pick you can possibly get. But I think, I mean, we've talked about this with George before. Reputation matters. And Radko Gudis has a solid reputation, but it's not an amazing one. I mean, again, we all rail, well, not we all, the three of us the railed against the Ben Sherat trade, but that was a 100% reputation-based trade in terms of what the value was. You I got mean, a reputation-based contract with Detroit. Yeah. <laughs> but, How's that working out? <laughs> did, did he or did he not? No, he absolutely did. And everyone who said this was a terrible signing, they were all right. But this is still the NHL run by hockey men who make decisions based on reputation. We can bang the drum and point to the analytics and say how great of a player Radko Gudis is, especially at his cap hit. But that doesn't mean another GM is going to see that and pay the yeah. value we think they should. Are we talking about Radko Gudis like he's an analytics darling? Like, I he mean, it's not the analytics. It's not I mean, the, he, no, no, no. Wait, hear me out, please. It's not like the analytics like don't like him. We're talking about the NHL leader in hits. We're talking about a guy that's associated with grit first and foremost. But he when, doesn't play I, a I lot of under- minutes. Hmm? He doesn't play a whole lot of minutes. Colby, what's he what's he averaging? Like 14 minutes a game? I think he's up to like seventeen, and Mahara's is, up is to he okay. All right, so I checked. I'm, I let can, me double check. I can get this also. Either way, while they're, while they're while they're trip. looking, TJ, we've been told this by people who work in the NHL. Who have we been told this by? I don't remember this at all. TJ, you know who we've been told this by. Um, but hockey men evaluate defensemen by one minutes played and two plus minus. If you play a ton of minutes and your plus minus isn't terrible, hockey men think you're very good at defense. It doesn't matter what the analytics say. 
You'll get a Tim's third. Tim's looking you'll at Luke Shen's time on ice. I can't find it yet. I'm trying to find it because uh, I cannot Gud- imagine that it's higher than that. Gudis's average time on ice per game this year is 1741. That's so a lot Luke Shen's played 1711 on a terrible team. But it's still the third. It's still the third pairing, and they're the Gudis Mahura pairing for as good as they are. Still gets it's the so easiest good. deployment. Yeah. Yeah, like I was looking at the um, analytics on it, and they're like near top five in expected goals against per they sixty. Sure are. <laughs> yeah. All right. So, anyway, so we're not expecting the Panthers to do anything crazy. Um, and 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 you talk about, you know, uh, what did you say about the fan base? Um, a teetering fan base or something? A, t- a tenuous fan. Tenuous base. was the word of choice. Well, they'll all run for the exits if, if Redco Gudis is traded. You can right. bet your life on that one. Well, it's right. not that it's not if it's not that the headline of oh Panthers trade Radko Gudis. It's Panthers sell. They see the word sell, and it's like oh well, I guess they're they, they suck again. Like yeah. it's that it's that tenuous with the casual fan. But you can't replace Radko Gudis with Lucas Carlson. Um, in, in, in that room, and, and I know we everybody loves Lucas Carlson, but I'm just saying in that room, saying, "Hey guys, we're still going for the playoffs, but we just traded Red Kogutis for a third round pick um, because it was better than a twenty you know, second round pick in 2025. We traded him for a third round pick in 2023. Um, go get them, boys. <laughs> Here's Lucas Carlson and Casey yeah. uh, Middlestat. No, Casey, I, 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 wh- why are we coddling a losing team though? Like I'm I don't not care. saying coddling. They're... I'm not saying coddling. I'm saying if you still think that you've got an opportunity chance to make it to the playoffs, um, selling for just to get a a, 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 a third, really a second, piece. a third, yeah, a, a, a draft pick or something. If you're getting a yeah, player that you not, really really like, happening. that's sliding right into the lineup. Okay, okay, but no team in in, in you know, no contending team is going to give up a player such like like that. A perfect example is Detroit today. They traded Peronic to Vancouver for a first round pick. And yeah, that team is tech. Detroit's technically slightly above by 0.001% percentage point ahead of the Panthers. But like, and they're selling. And yeah, but like, you go to the room and it's like, guys, we got a first round pick for Heronic. Like, it's, it, you get it. Like, you kind of have to get it on that one. You know, they the players the don't group. care. The players don't care about. Yeah, I agree. I agree with pick. that. I right. agree with that. Eric. Players Alex. don't want to hear that. They'd rather have their guy. They don't want right. to see their teammate leave for yeah. So which something? Is... So a first round pick. Woo. Fair, so I, I don't. I don't care about what happens in the room in terms of the price. But Bill Zito can't look like an idiot for trading away a right-handed defenseman yeah. who's known for his grit for anything less than a second round pick. So if that's the case, then I would actually applaud, even though I think that they should be selling, because you just can't look like a moron. This is a right-handed defenseman known for his grit. That should get you a second-round pick minimum. He he shouldn't even have to be any good to get a second-round pick being right-handed. <laughs> like, that right-handed <laughs> defenseman in this trade market, that's gold dust. Eric Goodbranson. Yeah, Eric Goodbranson would have gotten a second-round pick at last year's deadline. He might have gotten the first. I mean, he got four by four. He got the Ford deal. He spills Ford tough. Yeah, but that was the 
That was that was the bring in his boy, wasn't it? Yeah, it could have been. Uh, well, that's the way they're selling it. Jordan, yeah, that's really the no, 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 right, right. No, that's not true because the, the, the <laughs> Johnny Hockey going to Columbus surprised even Columbus. They were yes. like, "What? He answered our call." <laughs> and yet they're big. They're, they're big sellers. They're big sellers at the deadline yet again. That, that, um, that was the ultimate you up text at three in the morning to the girl way out of your league. And all of a sudden she's like, yeah, what time am I coming over? And it's like, we're close to Philly. Holy <laughs> shit, guys. Yeah. I mean, but, we have an airport. You can fly to Philly from it. Your friend's already here. <laughs> oh, that guy. Yeah. yeah I know him. We're cool. <laughs> yeah. By the way, Radko Gudis had the Radko Gudisiest game last night. He led the Panthers in hits, tied for tied for the lead in hits, uh, and led the Panthers in block shots. And I know uh, the 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 view of pro analytics people is that we don't like hits or blocks, uh, and that is a common misconception. We just don't like them at the expense of playing strong hockey. Uh, Gudis led the team in hits and blocks while also sporting a fifty four percent shot attempt differential. Alex, what do hockey men think of hits and block shots? Do they think that playoff teams need those? Love them. Yeah, I just got it traded as to the. uh, Alex, that is Stanley Cup champion Luke Shen to you. I forgot about that. Cups, cups also really matter. Yeah, unfortunately, Gudis doesn't have any cups. I mean, that might be one thing that they can sell him on. Like, you don't have a cup. We can trade you to a contender. And again, like, I don't really care about what the room thinks, because even if they're like, if you're like, they will react negatively to that, I would say, well, you know, everybody always says that the coach has to get them upset and angry whenever they do something bad. This season has gone badly. So there, there's your punishment. There's your like bag skate. It's an emotional bag skate that Rod Kogutis was traded. The reason that I'm going to disagree with that outlook for Gudis is 32-33. He's not old enough for the let's give you one last dance trade. He's still got time for that. He can yeah. still play for the Panthers, try to make it in, make a run, and then next summer someone will sign him and he can choose as a UFA to go to a team that he thinks is a strong contender. So so how, what was Claude Giroux with, last offseason? Well, I guess he was 34, so that is a, a yeah. couple of years older. But, I mean, this like age isn't really even what I'm talking about. It's more so just like, hey, we're going to give you an opportunity to win a cup instead of being here. Like, I know that you want to be here, but don't you want an opportunity to win a cup? Yes, which is why he can go to a contender next season. He's not old enough for the last dance trade. I mean, if he wanted to be in Florida, then he would sign with Florida. He could have the best of both worlds if he just signed in the offseason and went to a contender right now. Yeah. Guys, we got to move on. We've been talking about Radko Gudis for way too I long. I mean, this is, the, this is the big topic of the trade deadline. I honestly think it's the most relevant thing. I mean, you guys want to spend about, like, 15 minutes talking about Colin White? No. No. <laughs> I, George, how, how's your how's your Fui Coco doing? <laughs> How's what? Yeah, your Fui Coco doing your Pokemon. My Pokemon. That's right, right, right. My Pokemon. Yeah, Pokemon's going great. Love it. Oh, or have you haven't even touched on Fire Emblem Engage yet? No. For, for good no. reason. <laughs> yeah. George's eyes just got so big, like 
Please do not let's, drag me further into the nerd culture. This is the podcast you brought in, George. This is what you get. You know, you know I, I've worked with George for almost two years now, and I have never heard him talk about video games. He does on we, this pod. Gee, I wonder why. We're going to talk Pokemon and MLS soccer. Let's go. We're going we're to talk I swear we're a hockey podcast. We're going to talk about Carlos Valderrama. Ooh, with the number one I, Miami Fusion supporter. I do. I've told you this. I've got a Miami Fusion banner in my house. It says Lockhart Stadium on it. It says Fusion. It's uh, it's a collector's item. I've uh, also got a. I've also got a Fort Lauderdale Strikers pennant from from the, like the original Fort yeah, Lauderdale. OG Strikers. the Gerd Mueller. Who else did they have back in the day? Uh, Some other buddy, soccer I can't players. Remember his name. The, Ray the announcer, Hudson, right? Ray Hudson, yep. yeah. Yeah. The GOAT. Yeah. What's with but teams anyway, that play it. in Lockhart Stadium calling themselves Miami? Because they all think eventually they're okay. actually going to yeah. build a stadium well, in Miami. Inter Miami. Well, that, that stadium's getting built. Build that stadium's stadium. getting built. Yeah, that's getting that's happening. And prior to Inter Miami, it was the Fort Lauderdale Strikers, not the Miami Strikers. Yeah, they were the Fort Lauderdale Strikers. The Miami Fusion were supposed to play in the Orange yeah. Bowl, right? And that fell through, so they uh, dumped a bunch of money into Lockhart and, you know, put some lipstick on the pig, and uh, that was that. <laughs> Shout out yeah. to uh, Walter Restrepo, by the way. I wonder what yeah, he's up and, to these and days. And Marky Anderson, um, whatever yeah. the guy's name was. But, yeah, final thoughts on the Panthers deadline. George, there's nothing in the pipeline yeah. that you're aware of right outside of maybe a minor move. Yeah, nothing that I'm hearing. Like I said – I mean, the Panthers could come up with some blockbuster that nobody ever saw coming. But where would it come from? I mean, I, all the all the big names are gone. Um, you know, I I don't see them doing much of of anything. I think they're going to go out tomorrow and take care of business against Nashville. Um, and if they don't, if they don't take care of it, then then I think that that Bill Zito's got an easy decision. If Florida loses to Nashville on Thursday night. Uh, Friday morning, he'll one, two, three, get rid of a couple guys, and, and that'll be yeah. that. Because at that, I mean, yeah, because you, you can't just keep doing this inconsistent deal. I mean, you can't, you can't beat, uh, you can't beat Tampa Bay one night and then lose to Nashville the next, lose to Buffalo. Yeah. Anyway, go ahead. Yeah. And just to follow up on that, tomorrow's a huge night in terms of uh, scoreboard watching. Detroit's playing, Ottawa's playing, Buffalo's playing. Um, I don't see Pitt or Pittsburgh's playing. The only team that's not that's in the race that's not playing tomorrow is the Islanders. So if the scoreboard goes against you and you lose, I do think the decision becomes easy. Yeah, but especially the loss because I, I think that um, you've got to throw your hands up at some point and say, "All right, enough." You lose at home to Buffalo, and then you beat Tan- and then you lose to Nashville for the second time in two weeks. Uh, I think losing to Nashville twice in two weeks would be the end of that. And that Nashville especially team. especially after Nashville just made a bunch of moves in there, you know. Yeah. So, sorry, Colby. Yeah, I was going to say that Nashville team is going to be pretty thin now because, I mean, just before we started recording, they traded away Mikhail Granlund. They just got rid of Ekholm. Yeah. And they're making some moves here, so they're going to be pretty thin. Mm-hmm. Tanner G. Not. Tanner G. Not. Also, Nino the <laughs> Mr. Mr. Five draft picks, Mr. Five draft picks who got shut down by Mark Stahl last night. You know, proving 
all the people that logically said that trade did not make any sense, right? Which we'll, we'll talk about that later. But one thing I did want to bring up is maybe the Bill Zito has definitely been creative in his time. Maybe he can come up with something creative at the deadline. Uh, I look to the Rasmus Sandin trade that the Caps made as kind of a framework for something he could look to do. And, you know, identify a youngish defenseman, maybe trade Bennett or Reinhardt if the defenseman is of the pedigree that you can think that he's going to come in and be really good next year and for many years to come. Kind of fits the pro age profile of Kachuk more than he does Bennett or Reinhardt. Uh, maybe Bowen Byram in, in Colorado, if they are interested in Sam Bennett, you can add to him and maybe get them interested in that kind of a trade. But I think Colorado would be smart to avoid doing that. So we'll have to see if it's something that he could look at doing. Jake, you had your hand raised. Yeah, there there is actually one more kind of interesting name, and this would require a move beforehand, and Gudis may very well be that move because you've got a replacement for Gudis if you do this. This is a name that has been floated uh, as a potential trade, uh, even though he's a pending RFA, and that's Dante Fabro. Yeah, that is interesting. Who literally fits the exact profile that you were just discussing, TJ. He's kind of the the uh, the up-and-coming uh, quintessence of the modern uh, defensive defenseman. Uh, he's, got, he's got some offensive upside. His impacts are fantastic. Uh, he's what 24 years old i think uh something like that uh so right around that prime that athletic prime age uh right shot defenseman who can come in uh and slot right into you can probably uh, you probably put him in on your third pair for now uh but i'm thinking you you throw gudas to a uh to a contender for for some assets and then try and package those assets for Fabro. And I know I made a joke about that to bring Bukes that in, but this is seriously a move that could make sense uh, for the Panthers. If you can put the right package together, Fabro would be a great ad. I mean, you could also propose like a, a similar trade to the Barbashev one that Vegas made, like Mackie Samuskevich for Fabro. Samuskevich is you a don't nice have the money piece. for that though. Yeah. Money, money's got to go out. And yeah, Gudis and Fabro have a cap hit difference of a hundred thousand dollars. Fabro being the lesser. Yeah. So I guess you trade Gudis for some sort of future and you maybe trade Sam Oskevich in a, in a lower caliber future or, you know, that pick that you get for Gudis and then maybe one other thing. Yeah. Cause I think that Fabro is going to be worth more being his age, even though Gudis is probably a better player right this second. But like you said, RFA rights, you would be able to bring him in as your Gudis replacement. He fits the age profile of Kachuk more closely and, and the player be... profile that you're losing with Gudis, frankly. Yeah. Maybe not as physical, but as far as his defensive acumen goes, I mean, you're getting that from Fabro. Yeah. So that would be intriguing if they can make it work, but it would take some maneuvering and creativity. Yeah. And that could, that could be something that happens in the off season as well. So that's, that's the other thing I was thinking. If you wait until the summer, then you can just package a trade for Fabro and not have to worry about the fancy moves you have to make beforehand. Uh, the tricky part being maybe by the summer, Nashville decides that they want to essentially stake their rebuild on Dante Fabro developing into a, a true number one D. I think they might be thinking longer term than that. I mean, he's 24, not 20. So true. 
That's 25 cool. in June, by the way. Oh, yeah, bring him in. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much the same for Kachuk. I think, I mean, he is 24 now, probably going to be 25 by early next season. I don't know. You guys maybe know when Kachuk is turning 25. Matthew could turn just 25, turned 25. He, oh, okay. Yeah. So, he turned 25 when they were in Tampa the time before last. December ah. 11th. Yeah, they were in Tampa that day. Well, there you go. They're six months apart or so. Pretty close. <laughs> Colby, the human calendar. I, I just I just remember seeing the Panthers post their happy birthday Matthew Kachuk post while I was sitting at uh, the Columbia getting my uh, Cuban sandwich watching the World Cup. Uh, Colby, I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but the Panthers were actually back home for a game against Seattle on December 11th. Okay, so it was the day before. <laughs> They were in Tampa on the 10th and back home for a back-to-back uh, against Seattle on the 11th. Way to go, Colby. Way to go, buddy. The human yeah, that calendar. Your, that went, that <laughs> went great. You and your salami sandwich. <laughs> oh, hold yeah. on. Hold on. Hold on. A Cuban sandwich does not have salami in it, George. It does at the Columbia in Tampa. And I enjoy We it. don't acknowledge that as a true Cuban sandwich. George. I agree. Tampa yeah, likes I, to I, claim I that, that they invented the Cuban. Cuban sandwich, and you can kill me for it. What was that? I didn't hear you call. I'm sorry. Ours are better. Ours are better, but yeah. there's, you know, it's it's just different. That's all. It's by not the way, Colby. Alex actually didn't hear you. He wasn't giving you a chance to correct whatever you said. <laughs> Guys, uh, this is us with five people on the podcast. I think this is the first time we've ever had five on. It's not once. the first time, but it has been a while. Well, that was the drunk pod, which we clearly were going for for chaos and comedy. Not, you know, us trying to be professional and talk about the deadline as we debut our brand new podcast, the Panther Brew right. Podcast, uh, a Florida Hockey Now podcast presented by the Infield Neighborhood Bar and Grill, which has some of the best wings you will ever have. They're um, so good. They, they, they are very are good. So they good. are so good. They're yeah. very good. Yeah. Yeah. We need to we need to start plugging the infield a little more. And so, some, some of the best karaoke too, so. performers you will ever see. Someone yeah. was killing it on um, what was the song they you were doing? They they were killing it on when we were there. You, you don't want to hear. Oh, them. I don't you, remember. You like to see them. Someone did. I think, a I think good it was. I will on, always uh, love you. Yeah, I think someone was, did a pretty good job on that, but that wasn't the one that I think was killed. Like there was another song after that that someone actually did like an, an incredible job on. Did you have you guys heard the Rocky Top story? I think we're about to. Yeah, it sounds like Rocky we're, Top. Okay. So I sign up for Rocky Top while there's a, a um, Tennessee game on the TV. And while I'm singing the song horrendously, Hendon Herc- Hooker suffers like the most like gruesome looking injury I- I've seen in like a year. <laughs> and I, so I walk back fault. over after I'm done doing what I'm doing. And Georgie's over here watching that replay. And I'm sitting there like, whoa, shit. What did I just do? The human and jinx. That's why Colby doesn't sing in public anymore. Because no, I, every I time he does, nasty. someone gets hurt. Like a canary. <laughs> so, how many times have you sang I'm so excited this year? Hence all the Barkov injuries, Colby. Yeah. <laughs> I, I haven't seen that one yet. No. I I I I've, I've stuck to uh Taylor Swift a lot more lately. Oh, so I didn't know Ekblad was a big Swifty. Didn't realize that. <laughs> 
I mean, yeah, I guess he is, maybe. TJ, next time we go to Big Field for karaoke night, we should do either Rhiannon or The Chain, I've decided. I think I, I, I thought you weren't a big Fleetwood Mac person. But I'm not, but I love those two songs. Those songs are good. George, what will you do at karaoke when we uh, go next time to the infield bar and grill located in Sunrise, Florida? Open after uh, Panthers games. I like doing the duets and uh, ballads and, uh, you know, stuff, love songs from the 60s. Something, the you know, 60s. maybe the Carpenters. Yeah, something, you know, the Carpenters, maybe I'd do some Carpenters. You do some Motown? Oh, I could do some Motown. Yeah, there we go. Don't kid yourself. Yeah, I could bring it. I could bring the Motown. Bring the fire. Mo- Motown Philly back again. Speaking, I'm of, really uh, looking forward to this. I'm not doing karaoke. So. Yeah, I'm not doing. I'm not doing karaoke either. All right, TJ, I, I will hold the mic. I might, but if but if I were, it would be would, real would big do- fish sell out. Speaking of selling out. Enfield Bar and Grill, guys. We haven't plugged them in about 30 seconds. <laughs> I, I was going to say, this would be a great time for that Wayne's World clip. <laughs> and it's the, the voice of a new generation. Wait, what's Wayne's World? I've never heard of that. Yeah. Oh, shut oh, up. No, you're Stop. doing a bit. Please tell, please tell me this is a bit. Please tell me this is a bit, Colby. Get out of there. No, George has told me about it once before. What's He's I, told I, me. No, I don't You haven't this. seen it? I don't buy no. this. I've never seen it. You would like it because they're the bar that they or not the bar, the cafe. What is what would you call it? It's like a the restaurant Delta? cafe. It's called Stan Makitas. Oh no, yeah, true. the Tim Hortons. No, no George, George like gave me a whole YouTube video full of clips from that show to watch, and I just sat there so confused. And the like, fact that you called it a show and not a movie. well, it did start as an SNL sketch. So yeah, but it's still not a show. It's a sketch. I know, oh but it was on TV I, I don't know before what the it was fuck a movie. It is. I just watched like five minutes of it on YouTube and was like, okay. Colby, this is you, you, you kind of had to be there. I mean, yeah, no, no. It's if you watch the movie, it's it's excellent. No, that movie absolutely holds up. No, it that's Bill not. and Ted, TJ. That that one was <laughs> excellent. Shout out to is Ke- Keanu was in that, right? Yeah, he was totally. He was definitely in that. Yeah, yeah shout yeah, out to yeah. Keanu. He's he's Theodore Logan. He's a stand-up guy. Uh, I'm just gonna stick with my SpongeBob and my FIFA career mode, and I'll be fine. Well, Jake and Louie in the FIFA career mode for sure. Yes, I'm right. Keanu does play Ted. Does play Theodore Ted Logan. Okay. Um. Very glad I didn't mix that up. My sister would have killed me. Is there anything trade deadline around the NHL you want to go over, George? Um, no, no, because we'll talk about it. Is that you know, the I mean, the Panthers haven't done anything yet. It's Wednesday night. Um, again, it, it could be listen, they were the, the bells of the ball last year. I mean, they were the they were all in, they spent a, a lot of future, you know, they, they got rid of what two first round draft picks last year on Ben Sherratt and Claude yeah. Giroux. Yeah. Uh, then they, then they gave up one this year for for uh Matthew, Matthew Chuck. Chuck. Um, so yeah, I mean, they, and they, and they have what one, one second round pick in the next three years. So oh they don't God. have, they, yeah, they don't have any draft capital to, to, to really do anything anyway. So I, I really think that they're just going to stand pat. And again, if they beat, if they beat Nashville tomorrow, like they should, um, with six home games upcoming, they're not, I don't think they're really looking at, Oh geez, Detroit won or Detroit lost or Buffalo won or Pittsburgh. Yeah. 
they've got 20 games left and I think that they, they have a number in mind and if they win their games, the, 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 the chips will fall in their favor. So, um, but we haven't seen that from them this year. They, we, they've, they've won three in a row just one time this year. And now they're asking them to win five, six, seven in a row, lose one, you know, so we'll see. I mean, we'll see. Yeah. But, but I'm more wondering is like, if is there a trade that you saw in the past 48 hours and you're like, Holy crap. Like, Oh. I did not see this coming, or they paid way too much, or didn't pay, or how did they get this player so cheap? Or, or more, more so, like, this, like, shapes the foundation of the future, like, in a pretty significant way. Chikrin, Chikrin to Ottawa was pretty cheap. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. You know, I I don't think that uh, and, and again, that, that's Arizona being cheap. They didn't, you know, they, they went with, you know, they went with Ottawa's offer because Ottawa was like, yeah, we'll pay him. We'll pay him the full freight. And it wasn't even like he's making a lot of money. I mean, that was the whole thing. Great thing about one of the great things about Chikrin was the contract. It's two years left at four minutes. It's not even a lot of money. And, and I, and Arizona was, you know, well, we're not, we're not, we're not retaining. I mean, it would have cost them like a million and a half. They might've gotten an extra pick out of it, whatever. Um, as far as uh, trades, we were like, I didn't see coming. I, I don't know. I you hear so much. I mean, Patrick Kane. I didn't see that. I didn't see that coming. I didn't think he was going to the Rangers. I was kidding. Was, <laughs> oh my God, like, George! I was about to, I was about to speak up. In my head, I was trying to like come up with a way to back George up. Be like, yeah, no, that really, you know, I, what I, I am we, we, could, about, we could have bet on that in the preseason. We could. What we I am surprised about around the Kane trade is I am surprised that the Rangers, after trading for Tarasenko, were able to make the space for Kane. Also, well, they didn't give anything up. Uh, you know, they had seventy-five percent of the salaries retained. Right. Um, you know, what would they give up a second round pick that may be a first round second pick and a fourth, I believe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, second might become so. a first if they make the conference finals. But because which, it is the which division, is probably, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. No, no, no. I was going to say that's probably what Florida should have given up for Claude Drew last yeah, year. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, yeah. that's that. It's just yeah, very difficult. Leverage. It's it's. I mean, they had the same amount of leverage, but at the same time, this is this year. That was last year. You know, apples and oranges. But I do want to talk about Jacob Chikrin because this is an Atlantic Division trade. This is a player that is the son of somebody that's on the Florida Panthers broadcast. So naturally, there were yeah. lots of links to to um, draw him to the Cats. And Bill Zito could have gone out there probably last deadline. He could have traded what they traded for both Giroux and Sherratt to get just Chikrin. They decided to do the Reynolds last year. You know, it's part of this whole grand strategy that they had to go all in last year. You know, they had the deal with Hornquist, so they didn't have the cap space this year to do similar moves. Because, like, if they had brought in Chikrin this year, they would have had to shed some salary because they're already at the cap and they don't have either of those guys, Drew or, or Sherratt. So, like, after this is all played out the way that it's played out, is it, like, hindsight is twenty twenty to say that the Panthers, like, really missed an opportunity to improve here or... Is is this something that they should be looking at and say like they made a mistake and they can't make that mistake in the future? I mean, oh, what are we talking about? Going all in last year. I mean, going all in last year instead of getting Chikrin with roughly the same assets would have gotten them Chikrin. Wasn't Chikrin hurt last year? Yeah, he at the yeah. deadline. 
Yeah, I mean, he was hurt and not necessarily available as he was this year. Yeah, so I mean, hindsight is always you can always, but do we remember how much fun everybody had last year at the deadline? I know some of you guys were. We're already talking. Well, why? Why did we? You know, why did the Panthers get Sherratt and all that? Um, whatever. I mean, the Panthers were all in last year. I, yeah. For for better or for worse, they saw an opportunity to win the Stanley Cup and they went for it. Did they overpay? Yes. Um, and, and you can see a lot of teams this year aren't overpaying. I mean, honestly, they're not. Yeah, but the, the market changes year to year. Sometimes it's a buyer's market. Sure. Sometimes it's a seller's market. I mean, I think if Zito had to go back, he'd probably add some conditions on where the Panthers got in the playoffs to these trades. Because, you know, well, it's a perfect example, this Chikrin trade. It's a first and two second round picks unless the Ottawa Senators make the conference finals and then they become first round picks. But if you make the conference finals and you have, like, Jacob Chikrin is a big part of that. So who yeah. cares? You know, for sure. For sure. If, you know, we, so and if they don't make the conference finals, you paid a first and two second round picks for a very good player that if you need to flip them, you'll easily get that back and maybe more if you retain. Yep. So absolutely. I, I think Zito probably has a little bit of buyer's remorse on there, but going all in last year was the right move. We uh, some of us disagreed on Ben Sherratt, but all <laughs> of us agreed that Claude Giroux was a fun acquisition. Yeah. And he like he had a huge impact in that Washington series. He was one of the few Panthers who was good in the Tampa series, if I remember right. Like, I I make that trade again and again. Would it have been nice if they had found a way to keep him? Yes, but I don't think we'll ever know how close that was to happening. Assuming the it wasn't Hornquist no, thing was, yeah. So it, that was all just fluff, then, right, George? I don't know if it was fluff that he was interested in coming back. It was just the fact that they couldn't at all, and there was no way they could have done it. I think they would have tried to get Marchman first. Don't you, Colby? Which they definitely would have gotten Merchment back first, but I I don't doubt for a second that Giroux was interested in coming back. They just couldn't. Yeah, yeah, and I guess we'll really never know what the number would have needed to be. I doubt it would have been six by three like he just got from Ottawa, but we'll see. I I I guess we'll see. Ottawa, Ottawa's poised very nicely for the future. I I don't see them as a super interesting threat this year but no players that they have locked up beyond next season brady kachuk they've they'll still have another year of claude Giroux. they've got batherson locked up uh they've got tim stutzel locked he up. might be locked up in a different yeah, way yeah i i know um <laughs> we'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it uh they have to sign i just Sh- had to say that because you said locked up i had I, to do I it know. They they they've got Shane Pinto. He's an RFA after this season, but they'll they'll get to keep him. Uh, they have Shabbat, Chikrin, and Artem Zub in the back. So I mean, like, they need a goalie, but they're actually poised pretty well for a quick turnaround on their rebuild here. And I I yep. think one move they will regret making was getting rid of uh, Philip Gustafson because he has oh, been yeah. insane in uh, Minnesota this year. Yeah, yeah, they absolutely lost that trade. Mm-hmm. Cam Talbot, surprisingly solid this year. Like, I, I the Ottawa goaltending has been surprisingly good. Like, oh, and Josh Norris too. He's yeah, Josh Norris has been hurt him. all year. Like, but, they're they're in a similar position to the Panthers in that their offense has been super snake bit all year. Yeah, they're like 
second, I think, in the league in terms of goals below expected to Florida. And the only reason that they're doing better in terms of just like total goal differential being, you know, not as far from expected as Florida's is that their goaltending has been better. And you know what? I actually want to take back one thing that I said uh, because yes, they do need a goalie, but Sogard has been pretty good this season in very limited time. Uh, but huh, he, he, he might be something interesting for them too. All right. Final thoughts, everybody, because we're starting to ramble a little bit. Um, Colby, you want to start us off? Yeah, so, I mean, it should be interesting to see how things boil down. I mean, as far as the race goes, I mean, I think things got a little bit more obvious with the moves that Washington's made lately. I do like the way they've made, made their moves. They got a defenseman that's under contract for next season, and they've done a good job packaging their assets, but at the same time, they're kind of going towards the wayside, and so is Detroit. So you really have to look out for Ottawa there. You you got to win your matchup with uh, Nashville tomorrow. But, I mean, it should be interesting to see how things boil down. But, I mean, this is an Ottawa team that they're going to have to play twice before the end of the season. And then they're also going to be playing Washington and Detroit towards the end of the season. So, I mean, you're, you have a few uh, four-point games there going forward. But those two against Ottawa, probably one of the most important games of the season. Mm-hmm. Building off of what Colby said, uh, Sabres haven't made their move yet. I don't think Riley Stillman is their move. So they're very much in the thick of this race. They're actually in eighth in the East in terms of points percentage. So they're, they're somebody to definitely watch here in the last two days of the trade deadline season. Uh, and I do want to point out, uh, even if we're not going to have a long segment about it, the Tanner Juno trade was crazy. If they're going to trade five draft picks, for a player, Tampa, even if they have to be, you know, at a certain cap number, they could have gotten a much better player. I, I thought that was the worst trade of the deadline. And that's the over. That's the one that we got overpaid. And, and if you, yeah, going back to which trade was I surprised by that one? Just because of the amount that went back um, to Nashville and good, good for the Preds. I mean, they're going to start start the Barry Trotz era, you know, with a lot of a lot of draft capital and see what happens there. Um, yeah, I mean, mo- uh, most surprising move that I saw was the Heronic trade. Like, what are you doing, Vancouver? They're literally over the salary cap for next year already. How on earth do you do this? Um, but yeah, uh, other than that, uh, on a personal note, George, we're really looking, you know, I'm really looking forward to, you know, make now that we're all working together and doing this podcast, I can't wait to have you on as much as possible. Same with you, Colby. So, uh, those were my final thoughts. Really looking forward to this, and uh, thank you for bringing us aboard. Glad to, glad to have you all. This is going to be fun. This all right. Be fun. What's going up on Florida Hockey now, today, and then in the next couple of days? Well, we're going to have, uh, you know, Colby uh, you know, was at practice today. He's got some, some practice updates. Um, we're going to have, uh, you know, trade stuff coming tomorrow. Um you know, I've been busy working other stuff, so you know it, it, we've been a little lax, but nothing's been going on. I'd tell you if there was. So um, we'll we'll have we'll have something big for Friday if if, if nothing goes down on Thursday, and then uh, yeah, just uh, daily coverage of your Florida Panthers every day. 
I should have something interesting with Sergei Bobrovsky in the works too. And uh I'll just going off of the um the the uh, the record for the most wins as a Russian goaltender, I'm looking to do something on that. So be on yeah. the lookout for that. Um I'm plugging that now. And you're not gonna get there that that kind of content anywhere else. So go to FloridaHockeyNow.com. Subscribe for what will seem like a impossibly low rate for both the annual and the monthly subscriptions, but you can confirm that year. is the right price. And CK. <laughs> God, no. That's exactly no. what I was going for, no. but I couldn't, I couldn't get it in. I couldn't pigeonhole it. Um, and you can read all this great content while having a beer and having some wings at the infield bar and grill in Sunrise, Florida, right off of Oakland Park Boulevard. Yeah. So uh, make sure to rate uh, Panther Pre five stars on Untapped. While you're at the infield, you know, having their uh their brews. I don't they don't have like their own untapped no. or not um no, not they don't have their own microbrew or no, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's but just if they did ice cold yingling, Miller Light. It really Bud is Light, ice cold. Exactly. Like and, and it's so reasonably priced. I'm not even like plugging them just because you know they're the sponsor of the show. Like, even before we ever talked about this, like Enfield yeah. post game. That's where you go. It's just open late. Food's good. Food's reasonably priced. Beer's reasonably priced. Beer's cold. You can't beat that. Um, yeah, that's it, everybody. Thank you guys for the paying, uh, listening into this first episode of Panther Puri, a Florida Hockey Now podcast presented by the Enfield Bar and Grill. We're going to just keep plugging it. Uh, but yeah, thanks for listening, guys. We'll see you tomorrow. See you tomorrow.